Um, as I said, I'm Megan, and I uh, work with AMP through the Educate Ministry of Education. And uh, like I said, my webcam is unfortunately not going to cooperate. I was going to introduce myself that way. Um, but Rochelle and I are both taking turns moderating these town halls. Today's town hall is around recruiting, screening, and training, exploring the possibilities on how you may be able to continue recruiting, screening, and training potential mentors amid some of the COVID-19 restrictions that have been going on and are ongoing, depending on how things roll out. Uh, for those of you on the line, we do just a few housekeeping things. We'll keep you muted for the most part. Um, you are welcome to use the chat box to ask any questions. The first thing that I'd ask you to do in the chat box is just type in um, where in the province you are or where in the world you are, um, what agency, organization, or school that you're with, just so we get a feel of who's on the line with us. Um, we can say hello to you, and then you can also ask questions or the chat, and myself or Andy will get back to you um, right, right away. And then at the end, so we have our four panelists today, I'll be asking them a series of questions. Each panelist gets an opportunity to answer the question, and then we'll move on to the next one. And if at, towards the end, if we haven't covered something that you have a question about in regards to today's topic around recruiting, screening, and training, please type it into the box. Um, even as we're going, if you think of something and you type it in and we get to it, great. If not, we'll try and answer it. You can ask something of the panelists or of other people who are on the line, and we'll do our best to answer that as well. We would ask that you participate as much as possible, either in the chat box, we'll have a couple of polls for you, and there'll be a quick survey at the end just to make sure that this is meeting your needs. And if there's topics or other ideas that you would like us to cover for future town halls or other events. So with that being said, I'm just going to introduce our um, panelists and then I'll give them a chance to introduce who they are, uh, where they're from, what agency they're with, organization they're with, and what their role is. And so from across the province, we have Janelle from up in Wood Buffalo, Jody in Calgary, Kim in Edmonton, and Courtney in Lethbridge. So I'm gonna start with Janelle. If you wanna introduce yourself, um, the agency, uh, an organization you're with and what your role is with them, please. Sure. Um, hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on here today. My webcam also is not working, unfortunately. Um, so my name is Janelle, and I'm with Big Brothers Big Sisters in Fort McMurray, so encompassing uh, the area known as Wood Buffalo. And I am a mentoring coordinator, which uh, means that I oversee a few of our one-to-one -one mentoring programs as well as our corporate mentoring programs. Great. Thanks, Janelle. Jody. Good morning. So I'm Jody BK. I am with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Calgary and area. I am the manager of recruitment and community engagement and um, have had the pleasure of being with the agency and doing this work for just over seven years. Happy to be here. Thanks, Jody. Courtney. Oh, did we lose Courtney? Hi, Courtney, I can see you, but I can't hear you. Are you guys able to hear me? There we go, yep. 
Okay, I'm not hearing anybody, um, so I might just try to log out, and I don't know if it's my turn to speak, but I'm Courtney from Lethbridge, also at Big Brothers Big Sisters, um, and right now I'm doing intake and recruitment as well as team mentoring, um, but I'm going to quickly try to log out, and then I'll pop back in and see if that works. <laughs> okay, thanks, Courtney. And Kim? Hi, I'm Kim Collister. I am with uh, Boys and Girls, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Edmonton. Um, I work in our volunteer and staffing resource department. Um, I have been with the agency for 19 years um, and uh, some of my buckets of work include human resources, training of staff, uh, volunteer enrollment, uh, volunteer training. Great, thanks Kim. So we'll get started with our questions. Courtney, can you hear us? I can see you, but can you? I'll just make sure that you're unmuted here, if I can. No, I can hear <laughs> Okay, and I can hear you. So as long as we, everybody can hear each other, I'm hoping that everybody on the line can also hear us. Um, so I'm gonna get started as we go through this. Um, I mean, obviously things have shifted from how we have done recruitment and screening and training in the past. And so if you can highlight some of the things that your agency and organization has shifted to, um, considering what's changed and how. So the first question, and I'm going to start with Kim. Um, what are you doing to keep up with recruitment? How have you noticed, have you noticed a different in interest in sign up? And how are you mitigating or, or working with that? So in terms of keeping up with recruitment, a lot of what we used to do was um, on post-secondary campuses and at public events and those sorts of things. So obviously those aren't happening. Um, so primarily what we're relying on is uh, social media and social media contacts to be able to do that. Um, but it also includes ensuring that your social media messaging is aligning with what programs you're able to offer. Um, and so we really had to be clear about what are we still able to do right now um, and what kind of volunteer does that look like. And so um, we are continuing with our community based, so that's the one-to-one -one matches. Um, and we've indicated to our volunteers that you start out as a virtual match um, and that you move to or you need to be able to move to what the criteria is once uh, restrictions are, are lifted. Um, and so as an agency, we needed to ensure that those programs that we couldn't give volunteers access to, so to our clubs, uh, to our schools, um, that we also created some messages around that um, for external individuals. And I'm, I'm happy to share more detail, but I know I only have kind of a minute to answer at first. Um, so, so we've had some messages around that. Um, it also includes what are we going to do? moving forward with clubs and schools knowing that access is going to be limited and then also i think a lot of people forget about the fact that you actually have volunteers you've already recruited who can't maneuver themselves um, and so what are we doing with those volunteers because you spent a lot of money getting them in your door through your door to a place that they were mentoring um, and so there are components that we're working on there and some pilots that we have started that include some virtual support. So happy to expand on any of that, but those are really the two main areas around recruitment is 
leveraging the social media uh, components, the community-based work, um, giving a bit of a plight story um, around our kids needing mentors in their lives still in that kind of capacity. And then, uh, of course, the internal uh, retention of our volunteers. Great. Thanks, Kim. Jody, how about down in Calgary? Perfect. Well, I'll build on what Kim said to um, one thing is recruitment of, you know, and engaging with new potential mentors doesn't end. And we really dove into that messaging. As Kim said, the messaging was key um, that, you know, even though there are restrictions and that social distancing didn't mean mentoring ended for us. So that messaging was key. Um, around social isolation doesn't mean emotional isolation. So we really dug in in that, you know, that need will even be more. We know that as we start to come out of this pandemic and what is that going to look like for everybody? And the need will still be there to support the young people. We also um, sunk our teeth in here in May. We have actually been running an active recruitment campaign um, and we have tripled um, the amount of potential volunteers that came through this May that we have seen in probably the last three years when we look at our trends. Part of that is we ran social media similar to Edmonton, really getting that messaging and we dug into Instagram, Facebook and really invested into boosting, uh, spreading not just your basic organic posts but really doing that. Um, the other piece is a, a really great partner. We were lucky, um, partnered with us to give us some additional advertising. We actually were advertising on the bus shelters and at the C-Train uh, video that have actually had some really good uptake, which is strange, people said, because, um, you know, we're not, you know, taking buses as much, but people are walking and driving and biking. So we've, it, that was a great partnership, having that gift of additional advertising. So that's been a key piece. Um, and again, that messaging is key. Mentoring doesn't end, doesn't stop. If anything, we'll need that more. So we've been quite happy with the uptake we've had. The other piece, and I'll finish with this, is we did launch our big ambassadors. These are key mentors, alumni who want to stay connected and talk. Word of mouth is still the number one way we find here at Big Brothers in Calgary that we get new mentors coming. Someone talked to them, they knew someone, someone tapped them on the shoulders. So we held our virtual orientation for our first batch of big ambassadors. We've given them toolkits, uh, hard copy, print, and electronic. Happy to talk to people about that. We host our next orientation. So it's really about getting this kind of fleet of uh, passionate and really caring individuals who want to talk about the impact of mentoring. So those have been some of the things we've been up to and seeing some great success. Awesome. Thanks, Jody. Janelle? Yeah, I can echo what Kim and Jody said, uh, we've been really trying to position ourselves better on our recruitment platform, so on social media, as well as um, in our community, we have a volunteer page where people can sign up and it matches them with opportunities. So those are things that we have been really trying to be more intentional about. Um, I think right now in our community, we have a bit of a unique challenge where 
people have more time on their hands than they typically do. And with the recent flooding, they're kind of mobilizing themselves for those immediate opportunities. So we're trying to really leverage that there is still a need here um, and that we're trying to be as quick as we can to screen so that they can get started. You know, people are eager to just do something. Great. Thanks, Janelle. Courtney, how about in Lethbridge? Um, yeah, similar to everyone else, uh, we are really focusing on our social media uh, as well, as well as um, a volunteer Lethbridge page that we utilize that posts um, programs that we are still running and looking for volunteers for. Um, and then radio is um, an area that we always seem to have lots of success, so still doing that. Um, and we are seeing uh, a lot more of an increase in um, interest and in people signing up. Um, and again, it is just a matter of trying to get them screened as quickly while still maintaining safety as possible so that people can get active in doing this right away. Um, and we've also talked with our families and they've shared that they're open to having um, not the one year match commitment and just a short term COVID support in a mentor, um, which is what a lot of our mentors are actually looking to volunteer because their like futures are also so uncertain. So we found this to actually be very successful with laying out to the family and the big like this is a three month commitment. That's all that we're kind of looking for here. but. It's still been um, very successful and I think a lot less daunting for some volunteers who don't know if they can commit to the year, but it's still offering our kids some short-term support while they are so isolated. That's great. There, I've just been taking notes, so I'll come back to a couple of things as we go through this. But Courtney, um, that's a great segue into our next question around around completing the screening. So without some of those face-to-face -face pieces around, like how do you complete interviews considering things like body language and how are you managing things like record checks? What are you doing to kind of speed that screening along? Um, so for us, I uh, definitely don't like doing the interviews online digitally with our bigs. I would much prefer to be able to be with them in person, but we still are doing um, our interviews on Zoom. Um, and unfortunately for me, it's just been that I'm asking a lot more prompting questions, um, things that normally I can kind of read from body language. I'm just asking straight away more than maybe we would generally do in an interview. Um, and then for our criminal record checks, we did get approval in order to do those through our station, but the process just looks different. So we're collecting all of the paperwork and then submitting it to um, the police station on their behalf. Um, so we're still able to maintain all of those things. Um, and then again, just doing more um, questions in our references than maybe we generally would before um, for anything that we're feeling like we have questions about. Um, so I guess just asking depth questions and ensuring that any concerns we have we're asking outside perspective and the volunteer themselves. Thanks Courtney. Janelle? We're also doing um, online screening so meeting through Zoom or FaceTime, whatever platform is working better for people to complete the, the enrollment meeting, uh, as well as the pre-match training. And for record checks, um, so the RCMP have our policing contract here in Fort McMurray, so they were really equipped to respond at the beginning of COVID outbreak. 
um, and say that people can still get their criminal record checks to volunteer or apply for work at this time. So we apply on behalf of the volunteer when they send us their information. Um, we also set up on the volunteer website where we do a lot of recruitment here, an option that if somebody already had a criminal record check that was recent, they can upload that and that uh, allows for faster uh, recruitment because they automatically uh, we we automatically get that record check, so we kind of get that separate off the bat. Great, thanks, Chanel. Kim. Yeah, very much like Courtney and Janelle, uh, the same. We're doing Zoom interviews, and um, the police have been very responsive to us submitting. Um, they have prior to this on volunteers' behalf, and still have. Uh, Children and Youth Services has also set up an online system to um, put the child welfare checks in. Um, so really everything is kind of gone online and uh, you know we continue to tell our staff that if they do an interview online that they're in doubt about or need to see someone in person um, that they just indicate to all volunteers that um, this online interview is um, just one stage in a, a various staged process um, and so that they're able to say to some volunteers you know what um, this, a stage of bringing you in to see someone in person is going to be important before we move forward. Um, luckily, we haven't had many of those. Um, so, but again, just making sure that our staff are very aware that if they are at all in doubt and need that in-person contact with someone, um, that they make sure that that's just part of the process um, that they continue with at whatever point in time we can. Thanks, Kim. When you do the in-person pieces, uh, how are you mitigating some of the social distancing? Is it? Um, we haven't done that yet. Okay. We have a plan, but we haven't done that yet. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Jody. Yeah, we're in the same boat with Kim. That is, you know, with staff. Um, I think that's always the benefit screening um, and, and coming on board as a mentor is a process. It's just not one um, piece on its own. So again, our staff are similar as they're doing those interviews. If, you know, I just want to maybe follow up after making sure they do that when we're able to start meeting and looking at, you know, face to face what that will look like. Um, it is our EPICs, our Calgary Police Service checks are online, as Kim alluded to with child, the child intervention now with that being online. It is really screening as usual. Uh, one of our engagement coordinators shared with me, um, she had one of her best, she said, interviews via Zoom. Um, the one big sister, potential big sister, said she felt so comfortable being in her own home, having her own cup of tea, being there on Zoom, that um, they said they had the best conversation. So, and, and our staff had some of that, well, how are we going to connect with people if we're not seeing them? So we're seeing some success you know with that some people seem to be a bit more comfortable even doing that in their own home but again it's something that down the road potentially it allows us some flexibility of how we can meet with potential mentors so we're also looking at that but for the most part just as kim said too we've had some pretty good success with that and luckily we will see how phase two looks once we're able to um, kind of do that hybrid but the, the virtual has actually been quite successful. The last piece too, I think Kim had was commented, 
how we're engaging with those current volunteers who were already in the process of doing that, that was key for us too. And we're actually, to keep them in the process and engaged, we're using virtual as well. So that's still keeping the other pieces of the screening and the training going as well. Great. Thanks, Jody. That's a nice, also a nice segue into our next question around training. Um, how are you training new volunteers? A question came in from one of our, our participants asking about, you know, do you all have online training set up? How are you managing that? So one of the questions I already had was, how are you training new volunteers? Jody, I heard you mention like an online orientation, uh, toolkits, some different things like that. So Jody, I'll start with you for that question. Um, well, again, it's screening in the process as usual. So the AMP online training is still being done with that being an electronic platform. That's been great. So that's one of the first trainings that we utilize. So that's continued. Um, our staff have been working really hard to, um, they're almost done creating the online virtual training. Um, I think Courtney talked about more prompts when you're doing virtual interviews. We've found that because we like to do the training first before the interview. We find the interviews are more fulsome. People understand what mentoring is, what BBBS is about. So that has made some of the interviews longer because we're going to have the training come after that piece right now. But um, we're really looking at before their match, that should be ready to go here shortly, the online. The one training we have done, um, is I think we're calling it Virtual Mentoring 101. And it was an hour and a half, and it was a training to do with in-process mentors, those who are already with their mentee or little, and to some tips and tricks and how do we start to develop relationships online? Because we were seeing that some of the newer mentoring relationships were struggling a bit more than the longer standing ones, of course, that have already established a relationship. So we had a full house. I think we had 15 people online for that uh, virtual 101, building a relationship in this new virtual setting. So we are continuing to look at that before they're matched as well as ongoing training. I hope that answered that, Megan. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jody. Kim, how about in Edmonton? We too, we've moved our uh, volunteer training online. So our volunteers take the Alberta Mentoring Partnership um, online training as they would normally. Um, but we have also moved uh, what we would refer to as our strong from the start um, training to an online version. So ours was already in a PowerPoint video kind of concept. So we moved that to um, having that online. We have two trainers. Um, one is watching the crowd, for lack of a better term, and one is doing the training. Uh, because as lots of people said, there this is a process of screening, and so training is a component of that. Um, they also have the ability to break out the group into groups to do some of the group activities that we have. So really, we just moved our in-person training online um, and are conducting it as per normal. Um, so people are sign up, they attend, um, we assess during that process, um, and it seems to be working well. Great. Thanks, Kim. Courtney? Um, yeah, so similar to Jody and Kim, uh, we've moved our training online as well. Um, I am the only person doing intake at our office, so um, I just do 
the training one-on-one -on -one with uh, the big and it's kind of their preference on whether they'd like that to happen alongside the interview or at a separate time. Um, and I guess uh, opposite of Jody, but thinking about it, maybe doing the training before would be really interesting. Um, but I do the interview first and then I find um, individuals are a bit more comfortable asking questions about the training or anything like that. So it would be really interesting to maybe switch it around and, and see what kind of conversations that does create. Um, but yeah, mainly it's just kind of one-on-one -on -one and again, having those conversations, lots of prompting about if this situation occurred, how do you think you would kind of manage that with your little uh, and kind of working that in with the training and with the interview. Great, thanks Courtney. Janelle, how about up in Fort McMurray and Wood Buffalo area? So we also do our training one-to-one -one with the volunteer and we do it after the interview as well. Um, I find that Right now, we have a steady number of inquiries, and we're seeing a decline in how many people are following through. So I think doing the interview first for us is a key thing. Um, people will seem to be less intimidated, in my experience, doing it that way when they've done the interview first. Um, we did use the AMP online training for one volunteer, in addition to the virtual meeting, so doing it through Zoom. And we are looking at trying to launch something online, like a PowerPoint or something that the other ladies were talking about. I'm primarily the one doing the pre-match training, so um, trying to be innovative. Great, thanks, Janelle. So when you think about some of the things that have come up, what are some of the challenges and barriers that you've experienced? Uh, Janelle, and I know you've spoken a little bit about this, your situation, is a little more, well, more than a little more complex up there. Um, so what are some, uh, you mentioned that also even the follow through, Some, what are some of the challenges and, and barriers that you're experiencing? Yeah, I think, um, like I was mentioning, just because there's so much happening in our community right now and people have more time than they usually do, they're looking for those immediate opportunities, uh, knowing that when they apply with us, it is going to be a little bit of a wait. So that is a challenge, you know, with our food bank being kind of centered right now in the community as a, a big need and needing a lot of help. A lot of people are going there. Um, also, yeah, I think just because there's some intimidation around beginning a relationship virtually, some people that are inquiring um, are delaying the screening or the, the uh, follow-through process. So learning that it will be a virtual match in the beginning, um, perhaps is deterring a few people. That, that's fair. Uh, Courtney, how about in Lethbridge, an area? Um, yeah, kind of similar. Uh, we are finding that some of our families don't have access to um, internet that's stable enough to support Zoom or even FaceTime or things like that. Um, so unfortunately, we're kind of in a place of um, like, well, I've gone to a few homes to get forms signed where I set them on the step, they sign, and then I come back to get them to try to kind of limit those challenges. But unfortunately, we're not really comfortable sending bigs to go hang out on the lawn for however long at this point. Um, so that's been a very stress for our families that don't have access to uh, virtual platforms. Um, 
And then I guess really it's just um, feeling 100% confident sending bigs through, not having seen them in person, I guess, is kind of just a personal struggle I've had, but um, something mm -hmm. that doing everything we can given the circumstances, so. Yeah, that's fair. Jody, how about for you folks in Calgary? Do you think um, through the whole screening and enrollment process, as with some, you know, we deal with people, so some are just not as comfortable uh, doing, you know, the process virtually. So it's, you know, and that can be a bit of a challenge, but um, I think it allows us some flexibility. So we found that um, to with the families, as you know, you're engaging families to that can be an issue. Um, what we're finding the success though we have actually had those mentors who have gone through who were already in that process had met some of the staff were comfortable we've actually had some matches meet virtually and start their relationship but again those were people who were already through almost through the whole process so we found that so for some of our newer volunteers yeah they're wanting to wait uh, some still want to do virtual, but some do want to wait. Is that a challenge? Yes, because we wait to match them, but it's also an opportunity to be a bit flexible in how we do that. And so, and I think all of you would agree and everyone on the call, uh, just technology in itself can be an issue. You set everything up for all the success you can have. And we've just learned to um, have to accommodate some of that. If the sound doesn't work or virtual, how do we, we connect with that? So that's just been one barrier. Staff did want me to share that because they said it does come up. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Jody. Kim? Um, yeah, echoing everyone else's um, sort of challenges and barriers, um, I think the um, the piece around the technology working um, and that sometimes then making a process take much longer. Um, and so, you know, if you can't do the training and you get cut out halfway through because you're trying to watch a video and your computer doesn't have capacity, then we got to send the video to you. So there's lots of those little pieces that happen for, for people. Um, we've also had individuals come in and say, well, I just want to be a mentor virtually. Um, and, and for us, managing, um, you know, our existing programs, and then, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead here in terms of your next questions, but, you know, looking at um, what are we doing for those individuals that are saying, I just want to be a virtual mentor, um, it has been, you know, a bit of a challenge because some of them are almost arguing with us that they should be able to be a big, and we're having to manage that a little bit. Um, and so, um, so that's been a bit of an interesting um, challenge. Good, good that people want to volunteer in that way. Um, yeah. But, you know, figuring out, because we don't have, I think the biggest thing for us is we don't have a clientele um, mm -hmm. yet who want that per se. Courtney started to explore that. Um, we're a bit of a bigger monster. And so for us to get that clientele that wants that, we actually need to do that first. Yeah. So that's also been a challenge. Yeah. So Kim, if you can follow up with, with some of the, the digital um, platforms like security issues or even the insistence that I only want to be 
a virtual mentor and, and just some of the security issues. I think you all have talked a little bit about that, about not seeing people face to face. And if you are virtually mentoring about the security of that, like as you're going through the training, I guess it's it's looking at some of those challenges or successes with that as well. So Kim, if you want to yeah, start I off. Yeah. I think for us being a bit of a uh, bigger machine, we've been able to put some people in the backgrounds to watch during training to see if they see anything. So that's been off, um, helpful. Um, I think there have been some people who have sent us the links on Zoom is not safe. Um, and so, and, and we said, you know, we're, we're well aware what platform would you be comfortable because we're prepared to use a variety of platforms. Um, so, you know, going back to our volunteers to give them options. Um, and then those that, that aren't, um, having a way of checking back in with them at whatever points in time. And so that's been a bit of a new system for us is where are we putting all of these volunteers who have come on board, want to be on board in a certain capacity and how are we checking back? So that's been also a, a tracking system that we've had to implement um, because we know that it costs money even for someone to pick up the phone or email or apply online um, that we've paid for that already so putting those systems in place as well for those that have said you know I, I don't want anything to do with virtual uh, but I want to be a part of your agency so right yeah I, and I know Kim I'm just gonna ask a follow-up and everybody else can also um, tag this on is that for like you said you don't necessarily have the clientele and I know working as a teacher there are lots of people who are kind of burnt out with the virtual and the online space and so having a virtual mentor then adds another layer to that so I don't know if that's something you've also encountered um I think so we're fortunate that we've got a number of different areas we've tried the virtual programming under our boys and girls club umbrella and really um foundationally the relationship is what matters we have found kids have gone online um, to participate in a group virtual mentor mentoring program if they know that their club coordinator is the one running it if we've got a new person running it those kids are not coming on um, mm -hmm. and so the pre-existing relationships through all of this have been really important um, and so I, I do think around Jody's, you know, virtual mentoring one-on-one -on -one training, there is some great merit to that because of the fact yeah. that you have to figure out how to establish that relationship mm -hmm. so that it will live its course virtually um, and how you leverage uh, the re existing relationships to get the virtual programming that you want to have happen. Um, that's been really important. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. Jody. Yeah, it's interesting that relationship. Um, I'm just going to build on what Kim said because I probably forget what the question is, Megan. You know me. <laughs> but um, we've had similar around Zoom and the safety. So we've purchased, you know, the business where we can put a few more safeties and we're asking the same things. Well, what do you feel comfortable with? Um, yeah. Some want to talk on the telephone. Just like um, some of our bigs are finding their littles actually are okay with a five minute phone call every other day versus you know how they used to meet for an hour hour and a half once a week and they're finding that okay but those pre-existing relationships are key with the staff as well as kim said because 
these mentors and the families, they are overwhelmed virtually. We heard that when we did a poll around how are we gonna do ambassador training? Are you okay to do it virtually? Do you like because we don't want to tap out? That is actually why we ran the recruitment campaign with the bus shelters and the video screens because people were tuning out of social media. We were looking at trends. So going to radio, as Courtney said, um, trying some of those things because um, as we're hearing in Fort McMurray too, it, it's competitive in nature in terms of competitive for donor dollars and people's time to volunteer, whether it's to be a mentor at the food bank and all of them are of value. So I think how it's changed our business is we're even looking at how we as staff engage and those pre-existing relationships have sure helped. Those yep. mentors are staying engaged with us. The new mentors are meeting us in different ways. Volunteer Connector is another one I didn't bring up, but right away we're calling them and we're building that relationship. It's about connection, but it's also about relationships. We uh, did have a Facebook Live. We launched our first one ever. Um, and had and it was with Biggs. We launched, it was for National Volunteer Week around recognition. And we had a group of 18 to 20 some people on there. They were so engaged. It was just a really great way to thank and launch some of what we were doing virtually to support them. And so, but we did that once. So it didn't become this, we have to do this. So our business is looking a bit different on how we're connecting, but also as we learn, we're not just for the sake of adding virtual, adding it. It has to bring value to, to the stakeholders. So I hope that answered that. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jody. Janelle, how about you folks up there? Uh, so we definitely saw that for new one-to-one -one matches, our clients weren't really open to starting virtually, so we haven't really been doing that yet, but are still promoting that it's a possibility. Um, we also found that at the beginning of the COVID restrictions, the group online mentoring was really successful, where they had a relationship already with their facilitator. So we were doing uh, Go Girls online and Full Circle Mentoring, which is our Indigenous-based uh, mentoring program. So where they had a relationship already with the facilitator, they were logging on every week. It was really great. And then we noticed that with groups that had just met their facilitator or we had a new volunteer in that role, um, they weren't coming on or they would come on once and then they weren't coming back. Um, we did try to promote it a little bit by coming up with um, the idea to email the families a few days before to let them know what they would be doing in the session and having an incentive for the youth that uh, there might be a challenge during that mentoring session and if they win we'll drop off a prize on their doorstep so we've done that a few times um, that has helped a little bit build a few relationships for the new facilitators but we're definitely seeing a decline in online engagement with youth and um, and especially with boys, like we're having a really hard time getting boys to log on for some reason. And uh, our school board had shared with us last week that well, one of the school boards said that at the beginning of online learning, they had about a 65% engagement rate and they have mm -hmm. seen that decline significantly. So I think that definitely yeah. that burnout is playing a role. But uh, yeah, I hope that answers the question. And yeah. I did notice that Jody mentioned too, like trying to take some things offline 
the agent like that the agency is doing. Um, we also through recruitment put up street signs. So it is right at the beginning of this kind of fell in place that, that was coordinated already. Um, and so yeah, I think that we have to be more creative about how how we're trying to reach people. Great. Thanks, Janelle. Courtney. Um, yeah, similar to everyone else, um, we've had some great success with virtual matches that we've made, um, but our uh, traditional caseworker has found that these matches are requiring a lot more support than our typical matches, um, just with ideas and kind of helping them navigate the technical side of things and also the relationship um, side of things. Uh, it'll be interesting for us. We just wrapped up. Um, go girls groups that we were running digitally um but it was a group of girls that their group got canceled at school because of school closures um and so we just that group on a digital platform and i think because they all had pre-existing relationships with one another um there was quite high engagement with that um we are starting two more go girls groups and a game on uh group this coming week um, this is with a new mentor as well as all kind of random kids from our community who don't know each other. So we are very interested to see how that's going to go. We have kept the groups quite small. So five um, participants max for one facilitator just to ensure that hopefully people will feel comfortable to share and safe to, to share. Whereas the groups we were running um from the school had 13 to 15 young women in it so we're hoping that the smaller group size will increase comfort but really unsure what that engagement will look like thanks Courtney um I'm gonna wrap up with our last question here and in the meantime if there's people on the line either type in so that your questions come up as we finish up this last round or um, we will unmute for people who are just on the phone um, my last question is that as we move forward, as we're looking at the relaunch, I know that we're still waiting for some of the relaunch pieces, but how do you see this changing how you do business in the future? So what are some of the things that you, I've heard some of you say that how you might use this in the future in order to recruit, screen or train potential volunteers. I'm just thinking even of some of our more rural and remote places of how this might support some of you in, in that work. Uh, so the last question is just kind of a, what do you, what potential do you see from this? What things are you thinking of keeping and which things, what are your learnings from it? So Courtney? Um, for us, we do serve um, Lethbridge, but also quite a few different communities early. And we have found it challenging to match um, our kiddos that are way out there and to run programs that meet their needs. Um, so we have had a large increase in it's from rural areas signing up for our digital programs, which we're very excited about. Um, yeah, I guess just being able to meet um, kids that we normally aren't able to connect with or accommodate, this has really challenged us to, to be more accommodating for, for them. Um, besides that, the feedback we are getting is that our kids and our bigs prefer to be in person and that our programs are in person. So obviously, as much as this has been wonderful for us to reach some new people, our hope is that we'll, we'll adopt some of it, but also move forward in person when it's safe to do so. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Kim? 
Yeah, I think there's lots of possibilities. I think virtual programming has to become a part of our strategic direction. Um, we are realists. Uh, we know likely we're not getting into schools uh, this next year. Um, our volunteers are not not going to get in there. And so what are we doing with um, that, those relationships with our schools, um, how we support those kids, uh, what we do with those volunteers. And so coming up with uh, a variety of different um, programming niches to ensure that we aren't overloading kids with virtual programming, but that we're meeting needs around academics, around reading and reading levels, um, those sorts of things. Um, so certainly looking at that and creating some program design around those pieces. Um, the Canadian Mentoring Partnership has come out with uh, an e-mentoring platform app that we are looking at um, and how to use that um, in a variety of different capacities through our schools and partners. Um, so that's a big one that we're taking a look at. And uh, we are moving ahead with um, plans uh, in phase two of Alberta's relaunch to see how we bring our matches back together. Um, and so everything from um, creating our own modified guidelines based on Alberta Health Services guidelines, uh, talking to our volunteers and kids about acquiring masks, um, and if that's going to be part of how they interact with one another. Um, and we have also been given the privilege because of our Boys and Girls Club work um, that we have been doing childminding for the last uh, two and a half weeks. So we have had kids on our premises, in our buildings, uh, and we have worked through uh, and we continue to work through what that looks like. Um, and, and we are also running summer programs. Um, and so working through what that's going to look like and they will be in person. Um, so we are, we're heading in, we, we got to try, we got to get back, we got to manage the risk. Um, and so we're making it happen. Um, the, the unfortunate part though, is that, um, we aren't able to reintegrate the volunteers at this point in time, um, mainly because our, our guidelines are telling us we, we can't. Um, and so it'll be then figuring out how we reintegrate our, our volunteers over the next year here. Great. Thanks, Kim. Um, Andy added the CMPE mentoring overview into the chat box. If anybody's interested in that, there's a link in the chat box. Uh, Janelle, how about you folks going forward? I think we're hopeful that we can use the virtual mentoring to engage some of the rural communities here who we don't see a lot of engagement with for the same reasons that Courtney mentioned, like just having trouble getting access to volunteers in those locations um, and again like understanding that it's unlikely our volunteers will be allowed back in the schools this school year so probably moving our in-school matches online um, and we're learning a lot like the challenges that we're seeing right now with online mentoring hopefully we can come up with solutions to those to strengthen it going forward so I think there will be parts of virtual mentoring that will be adopted in the long term for us. Um, even with screening, like if we have volunteers who uh, are on site or mm -hmm. you know commuters, then that's a possibility. We see that it works, um, but definitely looking forward to having a little bit more in person in the future. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Janelle. Jody. Yeah, I think um, it's loud and clear from all of us that we do what we do for that relational, the human connection through that. Um, mm -hmm. So for us, knowing that what it looks like virtually 
it won't, there will be pieces of it we're keeping what those are, not sure. From a recruitment and engagement lens, and the topic here, I think where we do have potential is the technology. Kim alluded to some of the work uh, Canadian Mentoring Partnership is doing, but even that app idea from a recruitment screening, engagement, retention, um, it's, it's kind of like when you order Domino's pizza and you get there and all of a sudden you see a tracker. You are this far or your pizza is this close. Like, and I've always envisioned how do we, you know, get updates. You were here, you're this far, you're only this far away from finding your little. Like there, I think we're going to start to look at from an engagement with volunteers um, in that recruitment, that technology. I think it's opened our eyes and is forcing us um, in a positive way to look at things. As Janelle just said, where will virtual mentoring fit in? Um, it won't in our world be all of it, but it's going to be a part of it. And I think it's important to know it's, um, Kim talked about risk mitigation. We're really looking at that as a movement for big brothers, big sisters. How are we gonna do some of these things a bit different from our standards to policies, being true and, and having that true fidelity and the importance of that one-to-one -one relationship. And um, I've been forcing myself um, I started reading a book, I'll just put this out there, it's called Talking to Strangers, it's by Gladwell, and it's really forcing us to look at our, how we presume um, how we meet people when we meet them for the first time, and how do we screen, how do we assess, how do we move forward, it's a great read, I'm about halfway through, so I think some of those pieces are really challenging us as agencies to look at where we'll the best fit in while we're mitigating this or mitigating risk, as Kim said, and also then looking at some creative partnerships. How are our partnerships of schools, corporate, uh, how, how are they all gonna look different? So there's opportunity that that will be there. Thanks, Jody. Uh, I know we went a little bit over our time. I'm just gonna open it up for any questions from our audience. I didn't see any come up, but if anybody's on the phone and would like to ask something. Thanks, Andy. I was muted and couldn't unmute myself. I don't think I've ever had that problem before. Um, so uh, it doesn't appear that there's any questions that are coming up through the chat box or online. Um, so I'm just going to give everybody uh, a chance. Uh, Andy, if you can put up the poll about did this meet your needs? Um, and I'm just going to give while people are filling in that poll, uh, our panelists, just one last chance if there's anything else, just as a wrap up, if there's something we missed or 
or something else. Um, so the poll is up. What was the information in this webinar of value to you? Uh, Jody, do you want to start? Is there something we missed or you want to add on before we end? No, it's great. Thank you for having and thank you to everybody who's out there and, you know, really navigating um, what we're going through right now and still continuing to support the young people in Alberta and, and everywhere else. So thank you for having me. Thanks, Jody, and thanks for coming. We, we really appreciate having the people on the line. Kim, how about you? Anything, any last words that you'd like to share? Something you have burning that you need to tell us? Oh, Kim, I see that you're muted. Let me just see if I can unmute you. Oh, there you go. Okay, you're I good. Heard? Yeah. Um, no, I'm uh, I'm good. Thank you very much. I think it's really important. Uh, anytime we all come together, we have an opportunity to learn something from one another. And so even I learned myself. So thank you very much. Great. Thanks, Kim. We really appreciate you being on the line too. Courtney? Yeah, same. I really appreciate being able to be a part of this and uh, hearing a lot of the other good work that other agencies are doing. I know that we're all just doing everything we can in this uh, time. And I'd love to chat more with um, Jody about the big ambassadors and, and anyone else about things they have going on at their agency. So if anyone Great. likes to chat, I'm open. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Courtney. Janelle? Yep, thanks for having me. Yeah, I have nothing to add. So I'm really thankful that you guys are organizing these. And thank you for having me on and to the other panelists for sharing. I did learn a lot as well. So. Um, I look forward to the next one. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you again to our panelists. We do have another town hall coming up in two weeks on the 15th, and it is about initiating matching and or group mentoring virtually, so exploring the possibilities on initiating those matches and facilitating group mentoring. And I think by this point, we've, we've realized that there are some barriers, some hitches to that, so I'm hoping that we'll have a chance to chat about that. Um, we are going to send out a survey link as well just to make sure that we're capturing like are, are we missing something are there other topics you'd like us to move forward with around our panels and our town halls i want to say a big thank you again to jody kim courtney and janelle for for being our panelists we really appreciate everybody taking the time to come and share what's going on uh, and have these conversations to be open to those questions and just to be here and take the time and I'd like to thank anybody who's out on the line who, who also took the time to be here. We really appreciate um, people coming and participating and just learning from each other. So thanks again. And uh, if there's no other questions, we're going to say so long for now. So thanks, everybody. Take care.